Welcome to Digital First Leadership, the podcast that focuses on helping leaders and teams understand how to master the language of social media in today's digital first world. In this episode, Richard dives into LinkedIn strategy with Richard Vanderblom, the founder of Just Connecting, a LinkedIn and sales navigator training company who is responsible for the yearly LinkedIn algorithm report. Both Richards are deeply knowledgeable on the strategies of LinkedIn engagement. As Richard Vanderblom says, working on LinkedIn is like playing a board game and a lot of people haven't read or learned the rules. And Richard Vanderblom shares his top tips for creating the best engagement strategy for creators and executives alike. I want to welcome everyone for joining us. It's always a pleasure to have you here on the show. My guest today is someone who's been on the show, I think, before, but it's hard to tell because he and I talk and engage all the time. I'm welcoming Richard Vanderblom. Uh, Richard, thanks for joining me. Uh, you're welcome, Richard. Always a pleasure to be on your show. It is always a pleasure. This time, you know, I think it's, I don't know if you've been on, the, have you been on the podcast before? I think it was the, uh, we've done so many little videos and trainings together. That's what it's hard to remember. Yeah, I don't think I've been on the podcast. Uh, we did uh, two short videos, which we published on LinkedIn with with awesome results. And uh, yeah, like you did, we, we did some trainings together and, and nice. almost on a weekly basis, no? We do. And for those who don't know, Richard Vanderblom is the uh, owner, founder of Just Connecting, uh, LinkedIn uh, and Sales Navigator Consulting Practice. Uh, Richard is Dutch, based in Valencia, Spain, and uh, he produces and puts out the annual LinkedIn algorithm research report. And uh, this is one of the reasons he and I have worked together over the last year or two, uh, clearly. And so Richard, as you join me, one of the things that we're continually see is an increased interest in how LinkedIn works. And it's been a dramatic increase in the interest. What do you think is driving a lot of that interest? Yeah, I've seen it myself um, and, and also post myself this question. I think, um, well, I don't want to, 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 to bring the pandemic back in as a topic, but I think the past one and a half year, people have been working more remotely, have been doing more sales remotely, networking remotely. So it has become quite busy on our LinkedIn feed. People are posting, people are engaging. So I think what happens is that everybody now is really looking how they can stand out in a timeline. And uh, a lot of people are at this moment sharing insights about the algorithm and about how to uh, maximize your content on LinkedIn or maximize the impact. So I think because people read more and more about the algorithm, they become more and more interested in it. I think that that's what's happening. I think that's a, I think that's a good a good uh, way of looking at it because your research uh, this will be the third year of the research. Is that right? The third uh, the third year of the report. Yeah. Yeah, no, third year. We did the first in 2019. Last year, we were a bit late in October. And this year, we are aiming to release the the, the report in uh, September. And this report now, because I see it, having read the reports, worked with you so closely, I see it now popping up everywhere because it's really driving a lot of awareness that the behaviors and activities that we use on other social media platforms often are detrimental to our efforts on LinkedIn because LinkedIn operates fundamentally different, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so what do you think would be some of those common misconceptions or mistakes that people who are just starting out trying to stand out on LinkedIn, what are they doing maybe that they need to, to change? Well, 
it's it's a good question um i see a lot of people that are in the same business as us that that share their knowledge and insights how linkedin works with their clients i see a lot of those people now creating posts maybe because they suffer algorithm fatigue and they go like Forget about the algorithm because there's no way you will find out how it works. Just focus on creating quality content and then the magic will happen. And I agree. And at the same time, I, 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 I disagree. Um, because I agree that quality content is key. If you don't have quality content, it doesn't matter if the algorithm picks it up or pushes it away, you know, it will not bring you any results. But over the past, two, maybe three years. I've worked with a lot of companies and a lot of uh, good sales and marketing professionals who were able to create a lot of awesome content and then they got disappointed by the results. And then why? Because they published it in a way, in a form that the algorithm does not like it. Yeah. And I look at this uh, as playing a board game. I like to play board games. You know, I know we live in the era of uh, video games, but I still like to play board games. And I always say like this, it's like playing a board game without knowing the rules. There's no way you're going to win the game. It's not possible. Um, so so that's, that's why I disagree. Um, you just, if you are able to create killer content, really valuable, relevant content, and you obey some of the algorithm rules, you will see an increase with three, four times more views, which eventually, because of the quality of the content, will result in three, four times more engagement, more conversion. And I think that's where we are. Uh, that, that, that's what our main goal should be on LinkedIn. It really is. And as I talk to you and I both talk to executives, we talk to sales teams all over the world. And a couple of things. One is, is that they're, that they, some get discouraged because they're caught up in believing that they always have to be creating content. Uh, and, and I see behavior carry over from Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, where it's quantity over quality, right? Just pump it out. Mm. Just keep it coming. Uh, yeah. Um, LinkedIn, LinkedIn's going, what a lot of people don't understand is LinkedIn's going to actively try to discourage you from that kind of behavior. Right. For example, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, go ahead. No, no, no. That, that's one of the things, you know, uh, and, and I think you get the same question. Like people think that they should. Well, there is a vast majority that even doesn't succeed in, in publishing a post once a week. They still find that a challenge. Yeah. But, but a lot of people, once you get the hang of it, once you get, you know, once you get the routine in creating content and, and, and especially also publishing more posts of your own, um, some of the people, they, they, they are going to post more than a day or they're going to post in a frequency that your new post will actually harm the performance of your previous post. Um, and we see mainly two things happen. First, if you publish a post on the same day, because then LinkedIn is going to not show your previous post in the timeline because they want to test your second post of the day. So you actually are killing making your first post invisible. Uh, and you, you see this in the numbers. And the second thing that happens that is, if you make, if you create a very good post that is bringing you not only views, but also engagement for the first day, but also the second day, I always advise people just wait until you seriously see a drop in engagement and then post the new stuff. So if as long as your post is performing, 
don't be too quick with po- making a new post because LinkedIn will stop showing your first post. And if this is engaging, then it would be a, a shame to stop that post from being uh, visible in the timeline. And I see a lot of people who don't even who aren't even aware because they've turned to automation tools to put the content out on their social media on a regular cadence, and they're not even paying attention to whether their content is resonating with their audience or not, right? It goes out every morning, 9 a.m., no matter what, and the next post goes out. There are several reasons why automation tools do not work. Uh, people think they are efficient. People think they are you know, playing the game, but they're playing the wrong game or they're playing the wrong game on the wrong board. Um, first of all, um, People that use automation often don't engage with the engagement. So they, they, they use automation, the post is out, they're not seeing the post themselves and they get comments, they get likes and they don't, do not reach out. And if you as an author don't engage, then you know the algorithm will not pick up the post as fast as if you will engage in the first two hours. That's the first thing. Um, second, if you use automations, if you use a scheduling tool, we have seen... Um, Not a big, but a small decrease of your first batch because LinkedIn wants us to be present on the platform when we publish a post. They do not want you to use external tools. An interesting question we got from some of our clients was, but what if we use, for example, HubSpot or Hootsuite, which are official partners of LinkedIn? And even then we see a a small decrease in, 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 in numbers. And obviously, LinkedIn is not going to confirm this, nor is HubSpot, but we see it. Yeah, it's a big challenge for a lot of companies that are running uh, employee advocacy tools that uh, are helping the employees share the content. Well, that works on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, but it doesn't work on LinkedIn. And that's one of the biggest, I think, unlearnings we do with our clients is to help them understand that they should use that as ideas for content and not simply to click the share button and push it out there. No, I agree. Yeah. One of the biggest things that we also see is helping executives, particularly executives um, and sales leaders, find the time to participate in social media. And one of the biggest things we talk to them about is, look, you don't have to create a, a, a piece of content all the time. There is a much more effective way of, uh, of engaging on LinkedIn that will spread your influence. And you just shared a post on LinkedIn that did very well talking on this very topic. Right. What, what, do you, what advice do you give to an executive who wants to have an influence on LinkedIn? What behavior should they be doing more than anything? Yeah, I think you're, I think you're referring to the slide I have posted where I said 10 comments a day make the frustration go away. You know? Yeah, that's the one. The frustration, the frustration about finding the time to create an authentic post every week or, or every few days. For a lot of people, that's just a frustration because... First, you need to find a topic. Then you need to find the assets, whether it's a picture or a video. Then you need to find the time to write. And maybe you get disappointed by the results. Well, if you identify every day 10 valuable, relevant discussions, whether it's inside your first degree network or whether you find them by searching for these posts on buzzwords and you're just going to add value by uh, commenting on, uh, let's say, 10 posts, you will see a massive increase in profile views, in invitations, people coming back to your profile. Uh, so this works actually really good. It does, and that, and that was it. And what's interesting is that I had somebody, an executive yesterday, a CTO of a fairly large company say, well, what's the point? Why am I doing this? And I explained to them as we looked at their LinkedIn profile that had no banner image, no photo, 
know about section. I said, you're the leading face and voice of your company in this digital first age. And every prospect who's looking to come to work for your company, every employee, every partner, every customer, nearly 100% are looking at your LinkedIn profile beforehand. And when you start commenting and engaging, they start to see your voice that's not filtered through a press release or a, a soundbite, but instead is authentic you. That is, that's, that's the point, is that in today's digital first world, nobody sees you. And this is the no, way. I can, I, yeah, definitely. I can back up. Uh, I can back up this because I found an interesting research about two weeks ago, and one of the the elements they researched, they they asked. I think it were about eight thousand buyers globally. They asked if you are doing research for doing the buyer journey for a potential customer, what kind of profiles do you research from the company? The first was product managers, product developers, because those are the people who often share the insights about innovation, about product specs. Second was C-level. So they're going to find, they're going to look at the profile of the CTO, seeing no banner, no picture, and think, hey, what the hell, this is not a very professional uh, company or person. Third was company page, and salespeople were almost at the bottom of the research. Only 30% looks for salespeople because they don't want to engage with salespeople because as soon as a buyer clicks on a salespeople's profile, you know, within 10 minutes, he will receive an invitation and a pitch or something. So they are looking to find either like uh, in-depth content about their products or the services, but also are looking at the C-level of the company. That's where, where you can build trust. So definitely uh, executives' profiles need to, to be very professional as being one of the most important stakeholders of the company. It really is. And it's one of the things, and I, I'm here in Silicon Valley. You're there in Europe. Um, it's amazing that the vast majority of my clients, when you look at their C-level their or their senior VPs, that you would think that tech companies, particularly my clients, you'd think that they would, they would be out there. No, no. Sometimes they're the worst because they're oftentimes driven by relationships and subject matter expertise and don't think that this social media thing is really important to them. I think they haven't made a transformation from LinkedIn being a resume, an online resume, to LinkedIn being a business-wise network tool. They do it offline. Uh, for example, um, I was phoned by a very big company last week where I um, got a call to have a meeting with a, a chief commercial officer, a very big company, international operating, and they got my name through another CCO in one of the networking clubs uh, of our clients. So, and they spoke, they spoke <clears throat> lucky for us, they spoke good about us, but you see that they network on an offline level and also online, but they don't relate to LinkedIn as being their business network tool where they present themselves in a way they would also do offline. Um, so I think that's one of the main reasons. I agree. And that you bring up a really uh, valuable, invaluable insight is that they do this offline, but they online, do. Online, and as I have these conversations, one of the challenges is, is that they feel that it's forced online, that it's an artificial, forced, um, insincere effort. And I have to point out to them that if, if they were in person, would they share a personal anecdote? Would they you know, want to talk about their background? Would they only talk about the jobs that they've had in the past and the, and the certifications they've received? And the answer is no, because they say, well, I don't want to share personal information. And then we have to do the distinction between personal and private. Now, the personal information, I like to bike. I like to swim, right? I have a dog, whatever that might, that's personal. 
but not private. And mm-hmm. so that's getting them comfortable with understanding that this online world takes a different set of skill sets. And, and I think you've done a really good job of, of identifying that with what you've yeah. said. If, yeah, people, yeah. if people want to find out more information about you, the research, um, LinkedIn, what you're doing, your training, particularly those listening from Europe, how do they find you? Well, the, the, the traditional way is through the website, <laughs> which is uh, www.justconnecting.nl. We also have an English uh, version, um, but, you know, that needs a big update. And um, most of the people who ask for my contact details, I always refer to my LinkedIn profile because that's actually more up to date. Um, and um, they can also um, connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, or subscribe to my weekly newsletter where uh, I share a lot of insights about uh, social selling and how you can use LinkedIn to generate more leads via LinkedIn marketing and sales. So it's very hard not to find me on LinkedIn. It is very hard not to find you. And it's Richard, which is a great name, Van Der Blom, B-L-O-M. So Van Der Blom, right? Richard Van Der Blom. I think you're the only one out there, right? Richard, Are you the only Richard Van Der Blom? No, there are three in Holland. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's someone, someone working as a, a train uh, conductor, and the other one is an IT engineer or something. So don't don't invite them, but invite the, the good one, the one with the beard. The one with the beard. Fear the beard, as we refer to it uh, sometimes here. So, Richard, I really appreciate you taking a few minutes. Uh, and for those who are listening, Richard and I will continue to be working together. Uh, BlissPoint is one of the sponsors of this year's uh, social uh, LinkedIn algorithm research. And that will be coming out. Also, Richard and I will be working on a series of training videos and content for organizations um, this fall. If all things work out right now, you're scheduled. You and I are scheduled to come together uh, in October for a week together here in the United States. I'm looking forward to that. And then I'm going to return the favor and come visit you in Valencia uh, next year. That's the goal. Awesome. That, that's a lot of synergy we can create. I think so. So, Richard, I always appreciate having you on the show, the chance to talk, especially in public when we're able to share our insights. Thank you for joining me. What's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to my podcast, uh, Digital First Leadership. My guest has been Richard Vanderblom of Just Connecting uh, re- uh, Research and Training on LinkedIn and, the, and Sales Navigator. Hopefully you found something interesting and were inspiring. Be sure to connect with him or I so that you can stay up to date with the latest content information out there about how to become a digital first leader. Thanks for listening. Take care. You've been listening to Digital First Leadership, the podcast where you learn to leverage and build your expertise on digital platforms. For more valuable tips on mastering the language of social media, subscribe to our newsletter at blisspointconsult.com. If you'd like to stay in touch, feel free to add Richard on LinkedIn and join the conversation.